This is Todd Summerfeld. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Crookston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan this morning. Daytime highs are expected to remain in the 20s today across the northern plains and upper Midwest. The National Weather Service is calling for warmer weather beginning tomorrow. Highs expected in the 30s to mid-40s. The latest 8- to 14-day forecast calls for above-average temps and below-average precip. The latest GFS weather model suggesting drier conditions in center-west Brazil early next week. That would include Mato Grosso, Mato Grosso do Sol, and Goiás. The uh, second week of this outlook calls for wetter conditions for interior southern Brazil from Buenos Aires to La Pampa. There are a few changes in the forecast for Argentina with a good mix of rain and sunshine for the next two weeks. Traders put weather premium back into that soybean market yesterday. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossi says a thin holiday-type trading volume exaggerated that move. Well, that's what we all need to be aware of, that moves here are going to be accentuated both up and down. Uh, the machines, if you will, or the funds don't know it's a holiday, so they kind of uh, stay around. And when you have other volume lacking, it just kind of makes uh, the market more volatile. And I think that's going to continue all the way into Christmas. This week's Fed meeting also will be a focus for traders. Yeah, no, it will. We're going to be watching FMOC. We're not looking for them to change rates, but that being said, we do expect them to maybe uh, have some hawkish tone to the overall thought process. They still want to keep fighting inflation, so they don't want to re- uh, let down on their rhetoric. But we also have down in Argentina, Mile, coming forward with his uh, economic platform, which we'll all be watching in terms of will they change anything on export taxes that would make the Argentinian farmer a more aggressive seller down the road. Brazilian farmers have completed 91% of their soybean planting. That's up from 85% last week, but it is below the 95% pace last year. With uh, such a wide window for planting in Brazil, Agroro says there will be areas ready to harvest soybeans very soon. The Treasury Department is expected to release its guidance for sustainable aviation fuel made by corn-based ethanol by the end of this week. The availability of tax credits will depend on that decision. Last month, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack told Reuters he was confident ethanol will qualify as a sustainable aviation fuel feedstuff. Mexico will elect a new president next September. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack believes that could result in a change in Mexico's policy regarding biotech corn imports. The leading candidate is a scientist. My hope and belief is that as a result of a new administration, they will take a look at the science, take a look at the fact that they are reliant uh, on the U.S. for yellow corn, and that the relationship with the U.S. is important. Mexico is scheduled to implement its ban on U.S. biotech corn imports at the beginning of the new year. Heading into the 2024 growing season, Asgro brand manager Clint Chaffer is optimistic about potential soybean acreage. You know, soybeans look pretty good. Uh, I think uh, I think a lot of guys are, uh, are, are excited. I think, uh, you know, you... I think just the the soybean industry right now is has a lot going on, so I think that there could uh, that could drive some excitement as we go into 24. As buying decisions are being made, Chaffer says it is important 
to know what you need in each individual field. Some products do a little bit better maybe on disease resistance. Uh, others may do better with you know wet feet versus dry feet. So I think just being able to really you know have a big enough uh, product portfolio that you can really tailor that for your operation. Work with your agronomist, work with your DeKalb Asgro dealer, uh, and I think that's where you can really mitigate some of those risks that you're talking about. The Board of Directors for the Minnesota Association of Wheat Growers and the Minnesota Wheat Research and Promotion Council are meeting today for a strategic planning session. The two groups will also discuss the opening open executive director position. That job opened up at the end of November when former executive director Charlie Vogel left Minnesota Wheat. RCAF USA's Sheep Committee is asking the U.S. International Trade Commission to investigate the sheep industry. This investigation would determine if imported lamb and mutton is causing serious injury to the U.S. sheep business. The petition claims lower-cost imports from Australia and New Zealand have taken nearly 75% of the U.S. lamb and mutton market, a list of 115 lamb producers, feeders, and packers from 16 states, all backing that effort. This is the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Canada's new greenhouse gas offset credit system will provide financial incentives for farmers. The Canadian Agriculture Ministry is targeting beef cattle and a reduction in methane with one of its programs. Cattle operations that adopt specific strategies, including special feed rations and management practices, can earn offset credits for each ton of emission reduced. Those credits can be then sold to businesses that need to meet emission reduction targets. The Minnesota State Cattlemen's Association will be holding its annual meeting and convention Friday and Saturday in Alexandria. President Jake Thompson says resolutions are wide-ranging. They look forward to this discussion with membership. Actually a fairly hot topic uh, right now about uh, predators. Um, they've got some resolutions that are dealing with some of the predatorial overrunning or, or population problems that we're seeing. Um, they've got a couple that we're uh, looking at trying to update and maybe simplify some of the equip programs a little easier. Um, you know, a few different ideas like that, I guess, kind of that, you know, it's, it's something that uh, everyone's probably involved or doing something with, but we're, we're trying to make sure that we have policy as things progress here. Um, that is brought forth by the membership to say, yep, we agree with this angle or this angle or that or that. Thompson says this event should give producers an opportunity to learn how they can improve their own operations. It's a fairly fun and active time to be part of the cattle industry, and this is a good way to come and educate yourselves on maybe bring something back to the farm or the ranch uh, that uh, maybe you can try and implement there or opens your eyes or gives you a a good idea to, to try and implement back and that's really what this kind of this trade show is about is uh, trying to be an informative informative process for people to come um, network with other people um, enjoy themselves I mean being in, at Arrowwood there I mean I know I think there's a few families bringing kids because of the water slides and those type of things so definitely can be a fun week here if, if, uh, if you're interested and I highly encourage you to come on come on down up over wherever you're from uh, come on down to Alexandria. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week that ended December 7th showed corn inspections, 712,000 metric tons, 39% less than the previous week, 37% more than the same week last year. Soybean inspections, 984,000 tons, 16% less than the previous week, and 47% below a year ago. 
Weed inspections totaling 282,000 metric tons are 50% more than the previous week and 28% more than the same week last year. For the marketing year, corn inspections are up 28%, soybean inspections down 16%, and weed inspections are 23% behind last year's pace. Reflecting on this past growing season, rugby North Dakota farmer Steve Friddle says it was a challenging year. We had three inches of rain all summer and someone said, oh, you were hoarding all the rain. Um, but our, our wheat and canola did really well, surprisingly. The beans probably uh, suffered somewhat and the corn was probably average. So I guess, you know, all in all, we shouldn't complain about an average year. So we, all in all, we were pleased with what we were able to harvest. Frittle is hoping for a better moisture situation in 2024. Snow doesn't always translate to moisture, but it certainly helps. But, um, you know, get them spring rains. I think we'll, I think a lot of the country will probably, hopefully, be in, in good shape. After being firmer last week, Bauer trading market analyst Ben Cash says the wheat market saw some back and fill trading action yesterday. Wheat market, you know, had a really good start to December, uh, traded firm all last week, and now we're kind of getting a back and fill. The crop report once again didn't supply any real bullish surprises there, so we're getting some back and fill here on these charts. No export sales for the week were announced, and the uh, weekly export inspections uh, weren't all that supportive either across the board. So, um, so once again, you know, that's why we're seeing some weakness there for the wheat and corn. And cash says, pay attention to those outside markets. End user standpoint, I know we're going to an election year, but uh, looking at some of these charts, the energy sector has been way oversold. Seasonalities is for us to dip here in the mid-December mid and try to put the bottoms in, uh, I think, uh, you know, from a trading standpoint as well as end user uh, for producers, maybe getting some fuel needs met down here on these lows would be a good thing. Go to the Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com. You can sign up for our weekly FarmNet News e-newsletter. That newsletter will hit your email box every Monday morning. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Biological certainly getting a lot of buzz. The Red River Farm Network asked FMC Regional Technical Service Manager Gail Stratman how farmers are responding to this move towards biologicals. Well, a lot of times um, they're interested, but they're skeptical at first. And so I think one of the biggest challenges that FMC has taken on in, in the biological area is, look, here's what a biological is, here's what it can do, here's what it can't do. And so a lot of times um, it's not a one-for-one -one swap, but what we're really utilizing it is saying, look, a synthetic chemistry will get you this far put a biological with that, now it takes you one step further. It takes the enhancement a little farther. You see a little better performance. Where it works, biologicals can have many advantages. We see uh, biostimulants where we're getting better root growth, better early season development, better early season vegetative growth, more plant health. Um, we're, we're, we're fending off nematodes and protecting that crop from, from early season nematode damage. So um, it, it really adds another realm to, to that if we can do a good job of educating people on what it can and can't do so they can utilize it on the acres where it fits and not use it where it's not going to provide them a return and, and really uh, provide that grower the maximum opportunity to gain more ROI by using a biological in their system. Acres and Shares is reporting 205 American Crystal Sugar Company Sugar Beet stock shares sold during the week ending December 11th. 
Average price, $5,617 per share, with a high of $5,800 and a low of $5,600. Checking markets this morning, we're looking at a penny gain for March Minneapolis wheat, 712 and three quarters. The May contract, one and a half higher right now. Chicago wheat for March, a three and a half cent boost, and hide red winter wheat March, KC wheat, three and three quarter higher. Uh, I'm sorry, five and three quarter higher. These uh, bifocals don't work all the time. March corn, 484 and a quarter, a two, two and three quarter cent gain. July contracts, one and three quarter higher. The January soybeans, 1337 and a quarter, one and a quarter higher, and March contracts up by a half penny. So we check in on the farm calendar. The Northern Canola Growers Association has its annual canola research conference going on this morning, starting at 8 o'clock. It is being done over Zoom. It will continue through uh, uh, noon today, uh, taking a look at uh, everything from the canola breeding program to club root, black leg, and other disease issues. Again, that's done through Zoom, the Northern Canola Growers Association Research Conference today. The Minnesota Crop Pest Management Short Cores and Minnesota Crop Production Retailers Trade Show kicking off today. That'll continue through Thursday. That, of course, going on in Minneapolis. And the Prairie Grains Conference is this week. Uh, starting things off with activities tomorrow, the 11th Annual On-Farm Research Summit. They'll have their banquet, of course, tomorrow night, uh, policy meetings in the afternoon tomorrow. The trade show coming up on Thursday. Speakers Thursday include Daryl Richardson from NDSU, from NDON, and they'll have John Griffith from uh, CHS uh, taking a look at uh, some of the big picture issues we're dealing with agriculture. You'll see the Red River Farm Network there as well. This is the Red River Farm Network.